The Cardinals clinched the NL Central Division with a 6-2 victory over the Brewers. Another solid effort by Miles Michaelis, who appears to be straightening things out headed into the postseason. Which everyday player could be a huge piece to the offensive playoff puzzle? Plus, we'll circle the bases with the biggest stories around the league, including the latest on the playoff picture. All on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. Make sure you join us, like, subscribe, comment, interact with us on our YouTube channel. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Pop the champagne, everybody. The Cardinals have done it. The first goal of the 2022 season has been completed. The Cardinals are the National League Central Division champions for the 12th time in the team history after defeating the Milwaukee Brewers last night 6-2. Put that with their three National League East titles, and they've got 15 division titles total, which puts them behind the Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, and oddly enough, the Oakland A's for the most division titles since 1969. Now, the last time they won the division was in 2019, when they finished 91-71, and two games ahead of Milwaukee. That team went on to defeat the Braves in the division series, three games to two. If you remember, that was the year they lit up Atlanta 13-1 to in game five, but they got swept in the NLCS by the eventual World Series champion, Washington Nationals. And a lot of the guys who are on the team this year were also on that one. If you remember, Paul Goldschmidt had just gotten here, so he was there. Paul DeYoung, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley was on that team, Jordan Hicks, Dakota Hudson, Tommy Edmond, Andrew Kisner, Tyler O'Neill, all of them on that team in 2019. So a decent amount of these guys have tasted postseason baseball before, which is always nice when you head into the playoffs. You've got some experience as to what it takes to win in games that mean as much as the playoff games do mean. Now, we know that Pujols, Wayno, Yachty, they've won championships with the Cardinals before. We all know that. But going up and down the roster last night, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. And I'm like, wait, that's it. That is it. Nobody else on this roster, as far as I could tell, has won a World Series title before. Goldie only went to the playoffs twice with Arizona before coming to St. Louis, and now he's gone every year since he got here in 2019. Arenado, he'd never even won a division title before this year and only went to the playoffs twice with Colorado. He's now gone his first two years in a Cardinals uniform. Corey Dickerson. I was like, okay, maybe Dickerson was on one of these teams that went, no, not really. Went to the playoffs with Miami during the COVID year, but didn't make it out of the NLDS. Jose Quintana made it to the postseason with the Cubs in 2017, but they lost in the NLCS to the Dodgers. Jordan Montgomery. All right, Jordan, you did something, right? Went to the ALDS with the Yankees in the COVID 2020 season. That was it. So they've got experience, but besides Albert, Wayno, and Yachty, never won a title. 
perhaps this is going to be the year that they all can cash in and win their first world championship. We'll see. They've made the first step. They've gotten the invite to the big dance, if you will. And now they have to see how the wildcard stuff shakes out before they know exactly who they'll play. But it's going to be either the Philadelphia Phillies, the San Diego Padres, or the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, they will not get a bye this season with the Mets and Braves. Remember, they had to switch the formats up and make it so more teams can make it because it's more fun for everybody and whatever. Some people like it. Some people don't. But they will not get a bye. Mets and Braves are tied in the NL East. They're seven games ahead of the Cardinals. So that's not going to happen. And then you've got the Dodgers, who have just been ridiculous all season long. 16 more wins. So the uh, Cardinals will host whoever finishes in that number six seed at a best of three wild card series, which at least they'll get to host it. Those games will be at Bush Stadium beginning on October the 7th. Now, if they win that, they'd move on to play the number two seed. So it'll be either Atlanta or the Mets. So let's take you back to last night's game and highlight a few of the things that stood out to me. Now, we know about the struggles in the offense. And overall, though, last night, pretty solid effort for the Cardinals. They scored in five of their first six innings, building a six to nothing lead. Brendan Donovan leads off the game with a double and scored on Goldschmidt's sacrifice fly. Carlson added the second run with his first double, then scored on a wild pitch. Kisner's two-run homer in the fourth increased the lead to four to nothing before Lars Newtbar doubled and scored on a single by Goldschmidt. And after his second double, Carlson scores on a pinch hit single by Juan Yepes. So you got a lot of rookies doing some damage last night, which is cool. Uh, six of the Cardinals' nine hits were doubles, and they scored the six runs despite going two of 12 with runners in scoring position. Now, one of the guys that's had a tough go has been Paul Goldschmidt. He hadn't driven in a run in his last seven games. Had two RBIs last night with a sack fly and two hits. Really, really, really need to get him going again at his MVP level that he was at pretty much all season before entering September. He's still third in the National League and hitting at 318. Tied for fifth in home runs with 35, although he hasn't hit one in quite a while. September 7th to be exact. So it's been a bit. And then he's second in the National League in RBIs, now 16 behind Pete Alonso, who's at 131, while Goldie is at 114. He does lead the NL in OPS still at 989. So despite having an off month, considering what he had done all season long, Goldie's numbers are ridiculous. So kudos to that guy staying strong. He says he feels good. So maybe just in this, you know, the last week or so here, Give him a couple days off just to kind of, you know, let the muscles relax um, and kind of, you know, sigh of relief. You made the playoffs. You're in. I don't know. It, it's whatever works for different players. Some players like to have a couple days off. Other guys never want a day off because they want to stay sharp the whole time. So we'll see how they how they play it with uh, Goldie moving forward. They got some power from an unlike an unlikely source last night. Catcher Andrew Kisner hits a two run Omer, only his second hit in 34 bats this month. As the Cardinals continue to try to give Yachty some much needed rest in advance of the playoffs, he's been dealing with what they've said is general soreness. He's old man, and you know, and he's a catcher. He's beat up over his career. So more days off for Yachty is fine, since he's probably going to do most of the catching, if not all of it, as soon as we uh, flip the calendar to the playoffs. Uh, Dylan Carlson had a pair of doubles and scored two runs. He continues to make his way back from that thumb injury. Going to have more on Dylan here in just a bit. But star of the game last night had to be Miles Michaelis. Throw six innings, strikes out nine. He made one mistake, which, again, home run ball, solo shot by Rowdy Telez in his final inning that broke up the shutout bid. But Michaelis looked accurate. He looked confident. He looked locked in for 
Besides that, at bat, 99% of the start has excellent back-to-back starts now after giving up just one run in six innings against the Padres his last time out. He said as much after the game, my stuff was great today, and I was trying to build off how I felt in San Diego. I was just trying to keep my delivery smooth, attack hitters, and go right at them throughout the game. And his first start in September, if you remember, against the Cubs, he threw, uh, threw eight innings, shutout ball, looked great then, a couple hiccups in between. But overall, September's been pretty good. And with Wainwright struggling still, maybe Michaelis is the first right-hander to get a start in the wildcard series. It's a possibility. Uh, Helsley comes in and throws two innings last night, strikes out four, throws the fastest pitch of 2022. Again, he just continues to do that. 104.2 miles per hour, just a smoke seed into Rowdy Telez, who didn't swing and miss or took it. He actually hit the ball, ground ball, and hit it back uh, at at like 109.4, I think it was. So smoked it. Uh, A a weird kind of dink, if you will, in this game. You had the 104.2 mile per hour fastball from Ryan Helsley, which is the fastest pitch of 2022, according to StatCast. MLB slowest pitch of the season by a non-position player. Also in this game, a 60.2 mile per hour curveball from Miles Michaelis. So kind of funny that they happen in the same game. Uh, I want to talk about who I think might be the X factor for the offense in the playoffs next. So uh, let's get into that momentarily. But first, if you've been outside recently, you know that summer is starting to wind down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze It's not the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in to help out. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as known pills like Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost, which is great. You can take them anytime, day, night. Plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very, very simple. Here's what you do. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Doesn't take long. Best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations with people that you don't really know. And no waiting in line at the pharmacy, which is good, too, because I'm one of those people that hates uh, traffic jams, and I don't like waiting in line. I don't care what store it is. Drives me nuts when I have to just stand there and I'm just waiting for somebody, especially like at the grocery store. You're standing in line. You're just like, dude, so many coupons. What are you doing? Don't have to worry about that with Blue Chew. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important, but what about the lasting impressions, gentlemen? So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it comes to, to uh, the time that you need to perform, chew it and do it. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Here's what you do. You try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. And then all you have to pay is the $5 shipping cost. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On, and you get your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. So Michael is clearly uh, an important cog in the postseason rotation. We discussed uh, Jose Quintana's spot previously and how he's essentially pitched himself from being the number five on the staff to a top three spot for the playoffs due to his success in the recent struggles of Adam Wainwright and Jordan Montgomery, which leaves that third spot up for grabs, in my opinion. Okay, so that, that it's going to be between Wayno, Montgomery, and Flaherty. Now, if I had to bet, 
I would say it would be Wainwright, considering his history in the postseason and all. Just got to get him through this dead arm phase that has pretty much derailed his September. It hasn't been good, but it's a it's kind of a good problem to have if you're thinking about it. If you're you're Ali Momerl and you're, you're like, okay, I got five solid starters here, ready to rock and roll at any given point, and then you've also got Stephen Matz, who was a starter for most of the season for you as a long reliever in the bullpen. So it's not a horrible problem to have. You wish you had, you know, three aces. Okay. It's not feasible. Not every team's going to be able to pull that off. But um, I, I, there are worse things to happen. It'd be worse if you didn't know who any of them were, your top three were going to be. And you're just kind of like, well, this guy does this and this guy does that. You kind of know who your top guys are right now. And um, bullpen, bullpen's been looking good. Speaking of it, John Den from MLB.com said he thinks that the final spot for the bullpen uh, playoff roster will come down to three left-handers. He thinks it's going to be Zach Thompson, JoJo Romero, and Henesis Cabrera, who was demoted to AAA back in uh, August. August 27th is when they sent Cabrera down. Since then, he's gone one and one, two for three and save opportunities. He also pointed out that Cabrera's velocity is back to the 96, 98 mile per hour range. Remember, he was throwing a little bit softer. We didn't know what was going on with him. They never, they never said that it was something mechanical or injury or nothing like that. But maybe, maybe even Henesis was dealing with some of this dead arm stuff that. Wainwright's going through. I mean, I'm just speculating there, but I like the phrase dead arm. Like, I feel like I want to start using it as excuses in my normal life for like my own failure. So if I screw up at work, it's my dead arm. Didn't clean up around the house. Honey, I got dead arm. I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do the vacuuming today. I don't want to watch the bachelorette, sweetie. I got dead arm. Can't watch it. I, I, I'm going to use it and see if how long it, I can get away with doing that. Offensively, though, we've got a couple of pieces that we have to dissect here. One guy in particular who I think is going to be a big piece of the success of the Cardinals here in the postseason, and that's Dylan Carlson. All right, now, before the thumb injury, Dylan starting against left-handers, and that was about it. Uh, despite being a switch hitter, he struggled all season against the righties. He only hit 214 this year against them. Lefties, though, 296. Okay, night and day splits right there. Last night, gets a couple of doubles off of the righties Hauser and Gott. If uh, Dylan Carlson can swing it successfully from both sides of the play, what a weapon this guy could be in the postseason because we're not sure if Tyler O'Neill will be back yet. We think he will, but we don't know for sure. It's not 100%, especially with uh, O'Neill's injury history. We're not, we're not sure. Uh, Dickerson? Over 24 tailspin right now. It hasn't been good. If you can run out O'Neill and left, Carlson in center, and then Newbar and right, I'm good with that. I, I genuinely think that's our best defensively and offensive outfield. If uh, Carlson struggles against righties, if that persists, then we're back at Dickerson and left. Eh. O'Neill would have to play center field again. If he's back, he is scheduled to begin his uh, running program today in St. Louis. You get him in center, and then you got Newton, right? I, I I just I want Carlson to take that next step. You know, I want him to become the all-around player that we've seen in glimpses here and there. Defensively, I'm not worried about him. Like he's he's fantastic in center. But if you're an automatic out from the left-handed side of the plate, it's not doing me that much good. I mean, I can put Deluzio in center field, and if I if I don't want somebody who can hit, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I'm looking for Carlson to step up and just kind of pull it all together, kind of kind of tie the room together, if you will, like they say 
in the big Lebowski with the rug. Just ties the room together. I just want all his components to get tied together and just whoop, make a knot out of it and be that guy that uh, we know he's he's got it in him. I just want to see it happen finally. Infield-wise, you're set. You know, you've got Arnado at third, Edmund at shortstop, Donovan at second, Goldie at first. But the outfield is where we still have a lot of questions and um, got to get them answered before October 7th because the playoffs are coming. By the way, Tommy Edmonds double into eighth inning, 30th of the season to go along with 31 stolen bases, second year in a row that he's reached those totals. And the first time someone has done that for the Cardinals in back-to-back uh, -back season since Lonnie Smith. AKA skates did it in the 1982, 1983 seasons and only hall of famer Lou Brock has done it in three straight seasons. So some special stats going up for one Tommy Edmond this season. Once again, Jose Quintana will get the start tonight in the finale of the two game series and the eight game trip after a day off on Thursday, the Cardinals will then have six games left in the regular season, all against the pirates. So, this is it, man. We're, we're down the home stretch. We finally, we've got the playoffs. We know we're in. Number three spot, not worried about anything else going on. Now you can just kind of coast into the playoffs and, uh, you know, just take care of business. Obviously, you still want to beat the Brewers. You want to beat the Pirates. But um, playoff picture, it's getting clearer and clearer, not only in the National League, but in the American League as well. So we'll circle the bases next on Locked on Cardinals and tell you what's going on around the league. So here's what we know about the playoffs so far. Starting in the National League, you got the Dodgers. They won the West. They got the number one seed. The Braves and Mets, they continue to pound each other and battle for the number two seed and the NL East title. The Mets lose on Tuesday. Braves win. Now they're in a tie. All right. The NL East could come down to a three-game series, which is happening this weekend in Atlanta between the Braves and the Mets, assuming Hurricane Ian doesn't alter those plans because the weather coming up through Florida, Atlanta's right down there, could affect things down there. We want to make sure everybody's safe in Florida. Anybody who's in the way or going to be have their life altered by Hurricane Ian, we wish you the best. We hope uh, we stay you stay safe and get to an area and that you're not going to have to worry about this stuff. Scary stuff, man. I got family that lives in Florida, friends that live in Florida. All of them have evacuated and have moved to other parts of the state and stuff. Just sucks, man, that these things happen. Uh, but on a smaller level of life, could alter the weekend series between the Mets and the Braves. The Cardinals, as I mentioned, locked up the number three seed. And in the wild card, you have either the Braves or Mets taking that number four spot, followed by the Padres, who lead the Phillies by two and a half games for the second wild card berth. And the Phillies lead the Brewers by a game and a half for the third spot. The Phillies have lost. For the seventh time in their last 10 games on Tuesday, they they lost to the Cubs two to one. Phillies falling. I don't know what's going on with that team. They got so much talent and they just can't seem to put it together here at the end. So the Brewers still have plenty to play for tonight against the Cardinals. So if you have to choose to play one or the other, if it had to be Philly or the Brewers as the number six seed with the Cardinals at number three, I'm thinking most of us would rather face Milwaukee just because we're more familiar with them. I mean, Philly's got a lot of names, dude. Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos, uh, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. I mean, I, I feel like they're a better team than what they've been this year, on paper at least. Um, 
Let me know who you prefer, Milwaukee or Philly. Leave a comment below on our YouTube page if you think different, and then uh, explain to us why. Maybe we can use that in the mailbag on Friday. Uh, over the American League, the Astros won the West. The Guardians take the Central, and then the Yankees clinched the AL East crown with a 5-2 win over the Blue Jays last night. The win also secured a first-round bye, and at worst, the second seed for the Bronx Bombers, which means they'll have home field advantage in the ALDS. Aaron Judge still at 60 home runs, and uh, he's obviously way up in home runs there. Still ahead in all three categories of the Triple Crown, though. The Yankees will face Toronto again tonight. Then you've got them facing Baltimore this weekend, who is still in the mix as well. And then you've got the Rangers to end the season for the Yankees. The uh, contending teams are just not pitching to them. Finally, <laughs> like it took all year for you guys to figure out, maybe don't throw to Aaron Judge. And that will minimize damage the Yankees can do to you. He's walked 12 times in his last seven games, 27 times in September, which is the most he's walked in any month this season. They finally learned. Uh, I'm sure he'll still hit 61. I think he gets it done, but they aren't going to make it easy on him. He's got a, a nine RBI lead over Jose Ramirez of the Guardians and is just one point ahead of the Twins. Luis Arise in batting average at 314. So Triple Crown still very much in play. For uh, one Aaron Judge. Uh, back to the AL playoff scenario, though. The Blue Jays lead the Tampa Bay Rays by a game and a half for the first wild card berth. Rays lead the Mariners by a game and a half for the second wild card spot. And then the Mariners lead the Orioles by three and a half games for the third wild card spot. But Seattle, these are the guys that are dangerously going the wrong way. They've lost seven of their last 10, but they'll face the Rangers, the A's, and the Tigers to close out the season. So, not exactly a uh, murderer's row <laughs> of teams to end the season on. But um, it's exciting stuff, man. It's part of the the love of the postseason, and, and it's one of the reasons why MLB expanded, so that you had these kind of situations at the end of the season to make things a little more exciting. be kind of lame if all the teams who had clinched are already, you know, we still got a week left, and there's nothing to play for. Like, everybody's already kind of set where they're going to be. So I enjoy it. Again, some some people think that it waters down making it to the playoffs. Whatever. I, I enjoy it. I think it's cool. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Kind of a, a look at what's going on playoff-wise. Uh, I want to thank you guys once again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen. If you would, the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, before the celebration in the clubhouse began last night, Ollie asked Albert Pujols to say a few words, and here's what he said. Remember this moment. This is what we want to do deep into October and win the championship to bring to the city of St. Louis. This is what we play for. We make good money. But this is what we play for. So let's win a championship this year. God bless. And then champagne all over the place. It was a beautiful scene. Uh, if you follow Locked on Cardinals on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals is where we're at. Retweeted a bunch of the uh, post-game celebrations from Valley Sports Midwest. Great video. Great interviews with Goldie. Arenado, Lars Newbar had the microphone for a little while and was talking to people. They talked to Jack Flaherty. Obviously, Albert, Yachty, I've retweeted all of it for you guys, so you don't have to go searching too far. Just follow Locked on Cardinals on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals. Seven games left to tune up for the playoffs. You don't have to worry about pushing people to break records. You know, Yachty and Wayno already did it. Pujols already did it. You can't move up in seating. 
Now you just got to stay healthy, stay sharp for October. And I, for one, cannot wait for this. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And we'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. Cardinals.